This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Oh, goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He played. Oh, he's the one. The Red Raiders. the 10. What's he up the right sideline? Yeah, he's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first. Hello and welcome to Republic of Football live in studio. I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson, the assistant managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball, which is a product that actually exists, believe it or not. I'm here in studio live on camera with Mike Craven, with both of us having a live mic. Yeah. I don't know whose idea that was. Uh, I'm bringing my face made for podcast yep. to, to live streaming, and we'll mm-hmm. see what that does to viewership. Oh, that will same. Like I said, I have a face. I had a career in radio before this, so neither one of us wanted this. No, right? We graduated <laughs> from college, and, and we weren't like, let's get on. I'm gonna type. I'm gonna talk. Right. Not be on anything on screen, right? Right. Yeah. So because I went into writing because of F7. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, none yeah. of that here. Right. So that makes me nervous. Right. So Mike Craven, our college football insider who, like I mentioned, has a live mic for some reason. Uh, if you're wondering how we're on TV right now or, or your computer screen or whatever, then I can turn to our producer extraordinaire, Mallory Hartley. Malpow. Hey, guys. Hello. How's it going? It is going well. I'm, uh, I'm used to being in the seat when I produce uh, TFT, but it's yeah. still really different, you know, being here for you're the, the Republic seat. of Football. I know. It's nice. Yeah. I, I'm enjoying it. You're, uh, you're, so you're a maverick over there. We are up and so. running, so. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, on today's show, we'll be having some fun with State 7-on-7 seven seven coming up. We have a little draft kind of with uh, making our own 7-on-7 seven seven teams with college players in the state. So we'll be doing that. And then after that, we'll be continuing our interview series where we're previewing every FBS program in the state. We'll have Carlos Silva of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal on, Texas Tech beat writer, talk about the Red Raiders. Well, timely, of course, we've released our cover, uh, the magazine, with uh, Coach Joey McGuire and Coach Jeff Trailer. But before we get into any of that, if you're new, right, you probably got a notification being like, what the hell is this? All right, what, what, what is <laughs> public football? What's going on here? We are a weekly college football podcast. We cover all 12 FBS programs in the state. We even go sub-FBS, right? Last year, Mike Craven went to uh, SFA Sam Houston. We talked about that. We've had Coach Keeler and Coach Carthel on. Um, and if you're wondering about the vibe, right, you probably listen to us uh, on Spotify or Apple. Um, if, you're li- if you're watching us live right now, thank you, you know, for staying with us. And we hope you kind of make this part of your, you know, uh, media consumption now. But we wanted to give this a try, right? We're, uh, first, let me clarify. We will be on Wednesdays. Yes. <laughs> this is, we have 7 on 7 this coming up this week, so we're out tomorrow. Uh, but so that's why we're on, on on a Tuesday. But Wednesdays at 2, we will be live here. Of course, we'll still be releasing it on Apple, Spotify, everywhere else you get your podcasts. Uh, and it, when it comes to the vibe, though, I know you, you probably watched another internet show at around noon, right? Different vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Different. That's the professionals, right? That's the suits, <laughs> right? That's we are, the in warm. fact, not professionals. We, look, look, look. <laughs> I was about to say, like, here, here's the difference, right? 
you have two people that are on TV, mm-hmm. right, in regards to the the, the show at noon. I'm not, I'm not plugging them because right. you know, we do that enough here. The, um, the show, like we need it, like Michigan, Ohio State. Right, you know, yeah. How they never, like the, the, the asterisk, the M right, or whatever. The show up north. Right, the show up north. <laughs> the show at noon. The, the mothership show. Yeah. The uh, mothership show. So you have that show, right? You have their bits, right? Oh, it's 420, 69 days till Thanksgiving or whatever they do, right? Um, that's not us, right? <laughs> that is not us at all. Uh, they have NBA Countdown versus inside the nba right? <laughs> right espn versus tnt right come chill with us every week so uh yeah that's a little bit of that um like i mentioned it's a lot more chill it's two guys not made for tv uh and an incredible producer who's been on uh done great work producing behind the scenes for tfd before but uh yeah we're just very different yes we're very different yeah so if you want to come hang out with us right take a chill pill fewer Relax. simpsons jokes fewer simpsons. fewer simpsons jokes fewer simpsons maybe jokes. other there be some hip hop references, <laughs> so that'll be and you know. some professional wrestling. Yeah, oh, yeah. pro wrestling. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, oh my god. boy, I'm in for it. Gosh. Yeah, Mallory, welcome to welcome back to the show. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, if you want to break from all of that, come hang out with us. Yes. So, Mallory, before I get into our first segment, do we have an announcement? Yes, we have. Uh, since this is our first show going live, we're going to do something a little special that they don't even do on TFT. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are joining us either on YouTube, on Twitter, or Facebook, leave a comment uh, that you're watching the show or how you like it. Maybe some some suggestions, what you'd like to see more of, what you'd like to see less. Um, just leave a comment, and your name will be entered into a drawing for a free Republic of Football shirt. Um, a shirt that we don't even have. So you will be ahead of us in that game. So make sure to leave a comment, whatever um, that you like, and you'll be entered into that drawing. Um, we'll message you on probably Twitter or something like that. Um, we'll get your address, and we'll send it straight to you. Yep. So, so yeah. there you go. Start commenting. Start commenting. Comment yes. All right. Nice. Fill our comment sections. So let's get this segment going. All right. I mentioned 7 on 7, right? We got State 7 on 7 coming up this weekend. We're all, or all except Craven, because, you know, he, he got out of it smartly. Uh, we'll all be sweating in College Station this next week, uh, the rest of the week, I should say. And so we decided, hey, let's put a little topical flavor to the discussion before we talk to Carlos. And so we're going to do a little draft, right? We're not exactly drafting, drafting the most uh, logical seven-on-seven seven teams, right? We know how seven-on-seven seven teams are constructed. We're just basically drafting seven positions, right, as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, seven rosters or whatever. We're not filling out a perfect field or whatever. So, we're going to go ahead and get started. Mallory, do you want to conduct this? How are we, how are we going to do this? Because we should, we should probably figure out a way to draft. How we're going to yeah, draft so we, uh, we actually came up with a draft format mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, I can go ahead and start. So, okay. we're each going to pick a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, uh, an offensive line, and a defensive line as a unit. We're not going player by player for mm-hmm. that just because it would take too long. Um, a, a linebacker, a defensive back, and then at the very end, we're going to pick a coach. Um, so then as a whole, uh, that will be our complete seven-on-seven seven team. And I think we're we're kind we're going to pick players that we think will be – they're not necessarily the best players in Texas. Sure. Um, they're basically the players that we think would fit or do really well – at seven on seven. Yeah. So um, without further ado, I'll go ahead and start with go the quarterback. Um, let's see. I went ahead and picked Tanner Mordecai from SMU. Mm-hmm. I think this dude is a total gunslinger. He's got a quick release, and I think he's also a great decision maker. He can make decisions like that right on the spot. I think he'd be a great quarterback at a seven on seven. Yeah, I 
I could go somebody else, but I'm going to kind of probably skip the line when it comes to the rankings of quarterbacks that we have in the state. I'm going Frank Harris at UTSA. Mm-hmm. When I think of a quarterback who – the issues with Frank Harris are anything beyond 20, 30, 40 yards, right? That's kind of where his, his negative has been. You don't really need that in seven-on-seven. Seven. You need somebody who's elite from 10 to 20 yards. Yeah. I think Frank Harris is that. I think he's somebody who can move around. Obviously, you only get four seconds or whatever to throw. But I think he's somebody who can move, find something to happen, make something happen, get a little dump-off pass if he needs to. I'm going Frank Harris as my quarterback. I love it. I feel like y'all are handing me this one. Like sure. I think if I had the number one pick, I would have taken Clayton, too, and I'd get mm-hmm. him at number three. You know, 3,500 yards last year, 30 touchdowns, six interceptions – or 10 interceptions – Four of those came in the first game. So only six interceptions the last 13 games really turned the corner. Uh, I love him as a seven-on-seven quarterback. He can move around a little bit, can throw on the run. Uh, So I get to start there with the number three pick on what I believe could be the best quarterback in the state. Very true, very true. All right, we're going snake on this. Oh, yeah. So So you're you're up next now. Running Uh, running back, this one felt like the easiest pick in the entire draft. Like, Bajon Robinson, in my mind, for my money, is the best player in the state when he's healthy, just overall talent-wise. Like, when I was on the recruiting trail, I saw two guys that were like, oh, that dude's an NFL player. Mm -hmm. One was Trevor Lawrence at the Nike opening. The other one was Bajon Robinson when I went out to Arizona. He's a stud, and I think even in a seven-on-seven format, with how well he catches the ball out of the backfield like we saw last year, he can be a real weapon. Sure. Uh, I went with Devonta Shane. Uh, I think if you have somebody who is able to line up at wide receiver if you need him to, right, in a pinch, somebody who can flare out of the backfield and catch a pass, I think that you need that in seven-on-seven game. I also think he's in for a pretty big breakout year now that Isaiah Spiller's out. And so I'm, we've seen flashes of it, right? He's been that big play running back for AM for a couple years now, and now it's like, okay, now he's the feature back. I'm really excited to see what he can do. I think outside of Bajan Robinson, you're not going to find many – running backs in the open field that are more dynamic than he yeah, is. Fastest yeah. kid in the state. Easily. Probably. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Up next was me. I picked uh, Taj Brooks from Texas Tech. He nice. caught six passes for 58 yards last year out of the backfield. I think he's a quick guy, and I think he's able to spot those holes pretty quickly. I think he'd be a good wide receiver. I do think it's important to note, like, Alton McCaskill from Houston yep, would probably be, be, probably be He'd be third. definitely – probably our first yeah, pick, pro- I'm sure. Third, like, first definitely one of the gone. top running backs yep. if he was healthy, but he tore his ACL and, and may not even play in 2022. Yeah. And, I mean, we should also mention, like, other na- – like, Trey Sayers, things like that. Like, guys who would who would be in the discussion, right? Yeah. But this, the States, I think, like we're a in a pretty Kamaru good Wheaton. spot when it comes to yeah. – yeah, exactly. Kamar Wheaton, like, we're in a pretty good spot yeah. when it comes to running back depth going on. Uh, Mallory, you're up again. Wide receiver. Yes. I think this one's pretty obvious. I picked yeah. – uh, uh, Xavier Worthy mm-hmm. from Texas. Uh, I think he's an extremely fast guy who can really create that space between him and the defender. So I think he'd be a good seven on another seven on seven wide receiver. I think there were. Be going. I think it goes. There's two, right? There were two names when it came to wide receiver, and I think there's not a huge drop off, but then a drop off. Yeah. I'm taking the other guy, Tank Dell uh, from Houston. Uh-huh. I think that outside of Xavier Worthy, I can't think of a more explosive playmaker for what I think he's helped mask a lot of Toon's weaknesses when he had that option out there right to be like something somebody's in trouble I need an outlet there's Nathaniel Dell and he's going to get a big play going and so I think he's complimented uh, Clayton Toon's growth as well and yeah I think if you just have I think it's one of those two first uh, whoever had the first two picks, I think was going to take one of those two. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's more of a discussion. But Craven, who are you looking at? Yeah, I, you know, speaking of just Worthy and Dell, like one of the toughest decisions in the magazine was figuring to, like who do I pick as best wide receiver in the state? Sure. Because mm-hmm. right. both of those guys are deserving. Like, Worthy as a true freshman was incredible. 
Nathaniel Dell, when he plays in the slot, mm -hmm. may be the best slot receiver in college football. He struggles on the outside sometimes because he's only like 155 pounds and you can jam him and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. in the slot and in a place like seven on seven where you're not supposed to be physical and that kind of stuff, like I, he he's a really good uh, wide receiver in the slot. I had a tough one. I think wide receiver is the deepest position in the state. Sure. Yeah, um, for sure. Zachary Franklin at UTSA was a name that, that came to mind. I'm a UTSA roadrunner, so that was a hard one to pass up. But I went with Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver mm. from TC. You average 19.2 yards a catch. I'd imagine if we had a slam dunk competition in the state between college football players, he's winning. I've seen him do a 360 between the leg, like legit dunk at yeah. a camp one time when yeah, he was in definitely. high school. Like just a freak athlete that I don't know you could find somebody to cover him. Like I don't sure. know who's jumping with him if I just throw up the ball. So and my, also my plan is just Clayton Tune, just throw it up. Quentin Johnston goes get it. You play too high safety. We're giving it to Bajan. I was yeah, about we're, to say, we're like, cooking right now. You think of that gadget player, right? That could also be an option somewhere else, right? You could spell out uh, Bajan or whatever and put Quentin Johnson back there and line him up out of the backfield. Like, just anything, you know, like that. Um, I think that's a pretty, he's a pretty impressive pick. And because uh, the other two guys are skinny. Sure. Like, yeah, exactly. smaller, skinny guys. Like, Quinn exactly. Johnson's a You want a bully. Man. Yeah, you want like, a bully a at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. man. And there I've been go. to enough seven on seven to know that those dudes win a lot of battles. Yeah. All right. Oh, and then offensive line. So yep. this is a little bit different. I just wanted a way to get offensive line, defensive line involved. I think we skip the big guys too much in these type of uh, conversations. So we're going to do it as a unit. I think the clear and away best offensive line in the state is Baylor. Four out of five easy. starters yeah. back. Connor Galvin. Probably the best offensive tackle. line coach right now in Eric Mateus. Yeah, like. yeah. I mean, some of it's the wide zone, you know, that they run. Because that, you know, what's crazy is that offensive line struggled a lot in 2020. And, like, pretty much the same group of guys other than Jacob Gall at center come back in 2021 and become the best offensive line or at least one of the best offensive lines in the nation mm -hmm. definitely the best in the state Connor Galvin uh, big 12 offensive lineman of the year last year he's back Jacob Gall at center is back uh, so a lot of really good players there they led uh Abram Smith had 1600 and something yards you know broke a record at Baylor behind those guys so uh, I I'm picking the Baylor offensive line as the best offensive line in the state all right I'm going with A&M uh, obviously they have some yeah. holes to replace this year but I think you have two guys in Bryce Foster and Ruben Fothery I mean, you, you give me a tackle, you give me an elite guard, I think I can make the rest work, right? Yeah. So I think those two guys kind of make the rest of the building around whatever you're replacing easier. And so I think you have you have athletes as well, right? Those are guys that can move. Um, I know, again, seven on seven is not incredible one-to-one, -one, but we just we wanted to include the guys here because it's easier to say, yeah, I don't know, Bryce Foster can snap a ball in seven on seven. Right, it's easier, <laughs> it's easier just to include them this way as opposed to like, I don't know, who's going to hold the ball and hold the, the, the marker that they use in the field. <laughs> you know what's been awesome about this Texas A&M offensive line is we know Fathery and Foster are like future stars. A guy who's really emerging is Layden Robinson. Like, oh, interesting. The, the okay. more and more like preseason magazines magazines that are coming out and like the big articles like Layden Robinson is a guy who's who's going to be really good at guard who may creep up the NFL draft boards as well. Mm -hmm. Valerie, sure. what you got? I went with the North Texas offensive line. I think that Bowman. this unit mm -hmm. call. <laughs> had to do it. Uh, you got, made, you set got, me up for 15, it. We got 15, not even 15 <laughs> minutes into the You set me up episode. for it. <laughs> uh, I think this unit as a whole was one of the main reasons that the uh, Mean Green were able to reach six wins last year. Um, of course, they do have a couple it of holes to fill. It was not quarterback. Uh, um <laughs> It was not quarterback. Uh, they do have a couple of holes to fill. Uh, Jacob Brommer, of course, transferring to Vanderbilt, but they are led by uh, 
is it Manasse Moe's? Is that yeah. how you pronounce it, Craven? Yeah. Manasse Moe's. Um, I think they're just a big physical unit up front, and uh, I think they'd be a great unit. Yeah, he's one of those seven. guys that, like, one of the cool things to watch this year is there's going to be, like, six-year starters. Sure. Which yeah, sounds right. insane. That's right. right. You know, like, with 2020 not counting and all that kind of stuff. Like, you have legit six-year seniors that could start 60 games, and he's one of them. I think 60 he, games, that's he, right. He enters the oh, year with nuts. 48. So that's crazy. If they play nuts. twelve, he's at sixty. If they, you know, play in a bowl game and a conference championship game, I mean, he could he could really leave college with sixty-two starts. That's absurd. At offensive line, like that's NFL tenure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, that's right. just wild. Like, 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 he's gonna get like a residency at North Texas <laughs> or something like that. So that's just amazing. That's just like another little layer to why I agree with you at North Texas. I think some yeah. people will see this on social media and be like, North Texas, how can they be the they're really good. Like mm-hmm. North Texas scored 32 rushing touchdowns last year. Like I'm a big believer, and this is probably something that'll be picked up if you if you listen to the podcast. Like, give me the running. If you're talking the running game, offensive line's bigger, more important piece oh, than running mm-hmm. back. Right. Like, I think rush yards are more indicative of how good you are at offensive line than running back. North Texas. Uh, I think some people will scoff. They'll see Baylor, A and M, North Texas, and feel like there's this drop off. Mm-hmm. There's really not. Like that North Texas offensive line, like peer to peer, like for their level, is as dominant and as good as some of those other ones we mentioned. For yes. sure. All right, now let's uh, switch over to the defense. Uh, the defensive line I chose was Baylor. Mm-hmm. Not really much of a shock here. Probably one of the de- best defensive lines in the state. Uh, they're big physical guys, able to get to the quarterback quickly. And I think they averaged like three and a half sacks a game last year. So really not a surprise there. Yeah. I went a little off the beaten path. I want UTEP because How one. about the Miners? Yeah. I think you have one of the best defensive linemen in the state in praise Amawule. Um, I think you have one of the things that they were able to, for all the praise that their 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 passing offense got. Right, we talked about all the time how they were kind of mediocre as far as like down to down, but they would hit these explosive plays. Justin Garrett and um, uh, oh my god, I'm already forgetting the other one. Jacob Cowing. Jacob Cowing. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and that kind of like masked a lot of their inconsistency in offense, but consistently, game in, game out. It was that defensive line. It was that front seven that yes. kept them in the game because, again, they weren't holding on to the ball a lot. It was those one or two big plays that would kind of swing a game because their defense kept them in so many uh, opportun- uh, so, so many contests. And so I think it was that front seven, more specifically that defensive line led by Perez Amawule with five and a half sacks as uh, interior defensive lineman, which is pretty damn impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. J.J. and Taylor is yeah. also really good. Keegan Stewart there at defensive tackle. I love that front seven. I really like the UTEP defense is great. Dennis Bard, secondary, mm-hmm. really good. You know, what's interesting about Baylor, like we just had Baylor be the first pick of the offensive line, first pick of the defensive line, and mm-hmm. there's not going to be another Baylor player on there. Right. Like they're going to be a very interesting case study yeah. of like, you know, they say you win in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Well, like they're going to have to I was about win to say, in the yeah. trenches. Yeah. Like we're about to find out how true that adage is. You know, I went with SMU. Like I, mm-hmm. I think that they're probably the most underrated defensive line. You know, when you, when you look at it, you know, Turner Cox on the outside, uh, you got, I have it right here, uh, Elijah Chapman mm-hmm. on the inside mm-hmm. at defense. You know, Jalen Samuels is uh, somebody who came out of spring practice with a, with a lot of praise. So I think they're deep. I think they're they're talented. And then with this new system coming in, I think that they're going to be unleashed and, and used in a way this year with that four-man front that's going to really help the bodies there. I think SMU is going to have – you know, we think of SMU as an offensive team, and they'll probably continue to be that with Rhett Lashley. But this defense has a chance to be better than it has the last couple of years, and that's going to help them towards the end of the year. SMU's mm-hmm. kind of had really good starts the last three or four years and then faded off. I think with that front seven being better, with the defensive line being better, they have a chance to really make some noise late in the year. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
It's you now again. Oh yeah, snake. me again. Snake. <laughs> me again. Uh, the three man, the three person thing is kind of hard because you're, like, you're like constantly going two in a row. Uh, I had the first pick linebacker. I went to Marvion Overshone. Homer. Texas, right? Yeah, uh, I covered a lot of those recruiting. That's the second classes. Texas guy on the yeah, list. I know there's going to be another one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you forget about bias, right? Like when you're like unaware biases. And I, I covered all these guys when I was doing recruiting at the Statesman. Overshown, you know, five star safety out of ARP. I feel like in a seven on seven setting, he's the ideal linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, long, rangy, can play in space. Not not afraid to cover. So it, for these purposes, I, I would pick him as the you know kind of most equipped linebacker for playing against the spread. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Um, I disagree. I think that there is another linebacker who's probably more equipped to play seven on seven. And that is North Texas, Katie Davis. Yes. I need somebody. And when I'm thinking seven on seven, obviously I'm thinking of somebody who needs to cover sideline to sideline. Right. And I think that's somebody like a Katie Davis who 121 tackles, five and a half sacks, two forced fumbles or fumble recoveries. I should say 16 tackles for loss. He can cover so much of that field on his own often did for North Texas last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's somebody who in open space is somebody reliable. And I will consider, I think he's probably the best linebacker in the state. Yeah. And I think that he's somebody who I would love to have in my seven on 17. Yeah. Um, I went with D winters out of mm. TCU. I, I like really think that he's probably one of the best defensive players that TCU is going to have this year. He also had two interceptions uh, on the year last year. So I would love to have that dude. On my seven on seventeen. I think he's aimed for a big year. Like sure. going into last Definitely. year, there was a lot of expectations for Winters, and that front seven was just so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like he well, was like Hodges Tomlinson too. Like, right. I mean, he, he both those guys is like, oh man, they didn't live up to the hype. I was right. like, they were left on islands. And so right. Much. Winters is a linebacker that needs block eaters up in front yeah, of him. Yeah. Like and yeah, he's, new, he's not a he's not a hundred and thirty tackle guy. Right. Like he's somebody who needs some space and yeah. like he needs a couple defensive tackles who just occupy blocks and he runs around and makes plays. Like TCU just didn't have that this year. Sonny yeah. Dykes is bringing in an odd man front with Joe Gillespie, a defensive coordinator. And I think they're gonna have more of those big guys up front that allow like a Shadrick Banks, a D winners just to run around Marcel Brooks to just be athletic and run around and make plays. It'll be a complete watching the TCU defense this year is gonna be like Twilight Zone stuff. Well, speaking of that, I've completely forgot that Shadrick Banks was a linebacker for TCU. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I just went back. I was like, you said Shadrick Banks. I was like, oh, right. He is a linebacker yeah. now, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. uh, well, I mean, we've just watched the 425. Like, you watch TCU. Right. Run the same, yeah, four, the same. Yeah, same defense, defense for, for our whole adult lives. Right. Like, you know, I was 17 years old when Gary Patterson became the head coach at, at TCU. So, to Jerry, watch Jerry Hughes' NFL career came and went. Right. In that right. time span. And we're about to watch them play an odd man front. Yeah. And it's going to be odd. That's weird yeah i had the next pick uh going into defensive backs i put antonio johnson out of a&m which is probably a pretty obvious choice best Mm. defensive player in the state for sure big Mm. fast dude who can definitely be utilized in different spots in the secondary so definitely like him as my uh, db i think that's his number one skill set honestly i think so Mm -hmm. too he can play corner he can play nickel he can play safety like that's just a guy like that's like he's just counting down days like if you're an aggie fan you just like just pencil him into the NFL draft in right. 2024. Right? Exactly. Yeah, he's, he's a first-rounder first yeah, for he's, sure. He's unbelievable. He's excellent. Yeah, yeah. and kind of he kind of got overshadowed for a little bit on that stack defense last year. Now mm-hmm. he's going to be one of the guys kind of breaking through. Um, I mentioned him. My pick, Travis Tomlin, Tom, uh, Hodges Tomlinson. Like, I think he's somebody who's in for a better year. Again, I think when you lose the help that they had at the secondary heading into last year, you have a front seven that just does not produce a pass rush at all. 
and you're getting carved up in the run as well. Like the front seven was just really bad and specifically defensive line. And so I think now having help there, I think he's in now in a better position to not be left on an Island, to not be left saying, basically saying, yeah, cover the receivers that are going to have five, seven seconds to run free. Right. Eventually they're just going to get away from you. Right. Um, I think he's going to have a lot more, a lot easier of a time getting around that and being able to cover his spot. So I'm taking him. I think he's kind of a breakout candidate. He's already, he's somebody who's already good and we already acknowledge him as being one of the better defensive backs in the state. But I think now it's going to be somebody who's more known probably on a national stage heading into the end. Of the I year. mean, that TCU defense was bad last year and he was still first team all big 12. Like exactly. that, that's just like how good he is and how much respect he gets in this league. He had to play some safety last year, which was out mm-hmm. of position. So he'll just get to play cornerback this year and they just, It'll be 10-on-10 football, right? right? Like, if you're playing against TCU, you know, go throw it against somebody else. Why take your chances on that? I I went with Rashad Wisdom, uh, UTSA Mm, safety. You know, he was the first kid I wrote a story on when I got this job. Mm -hmm. You know, I've just – I'm a big fan of him. I I covered him when he was coming out of Judson. He was with DeMarvin Leal, uh, Sincere McCormick, you know, that really good Converse Judson team that really helped turn UTSA around with uh, McCormick Mm -hmm. on offense, Wisdom on defense. Frank Harris also part of that same – that same group. So, you know, he's, he's a guy who can cover from the deep position, but he's also, he's just a leader and he's an organizer and he's mm-hmm. always where you want him to be. And seven on seven, that can be a, a pretty valuable thing. I, I think y'all took the two best corners mm-hmm. in the state. So, you know, it was like, okay, I'll take the best safety. Yeah. And I think like, I think it's pretty telling that for the past couple of years, now that, uh, now that he's been there, you know, it's been Frank Harris and Rashad wisdom, right. As far as like the faces of UTSA, everybody talks about sincere McCormick and Sakari Franklin and all that. But like, when you look at, them doing charity work or promo or anything right. like that. It's those two guys. And I think it's pretty clear that like Jeff trailer, that was a thing that was under Frank Wilson too, pretty clear that he trusted those guys. And now that Jeff trailer's taken over, like he's clearly came in and said, Oh, you know, these two guys from San Antonio, they love the city. They love the program. Like they're the guys that you want marketing. When, Je- when Jeff trailer was hired, he had his press conference and he asked the athletic director at the time, like who are a couple of the guys on the team that I need to call tonight. Mm-hmm. And Rashad mm-hmm. wisdom was his first call, mm-hmm. you know, cause like that is, is the dude there you right. know if he was four inches taller he would have been a five-star recruit with right. pick of wherever he wanted to go like he's been productive at every level he plays and there's just not many young men that mm-hmm. are as good at leading as Rashad Wisdom he's just like he he's gonna he's like he's just gonna be one of those guys that's successful at whatever he's gonna do he's gonna right. run a fortune 500 company or something like that like whatever he decides to do he's just he's gonna be good sure all right coaches let's round it all out Craven let's do it Okay, I went back to my University of Texas. Homer. Well, we're playing seven on seven. I'm taking Steve <laughs> Listen, very true, very like, true. I, I get it. To, I don't throw your block. horns up. Throw your to, horns up. I don't have up. to block anybody. I don't have to go sack the quarterback, right. right? We're just talking about seven on seven, and the dude's a wizard. Chris yeah. Jericho, yep. you know, yeah. Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> Like, just absolute wizards. And I would Wrestling just... Wrestling reference number one yeah, on the I, show. <laughs> I, had to, I, had to fit, I had to fit one in by the time we got to our first interview. I, I just feel like if I was to enjoy watching anybody call a seven-on-seven game, yeah. and there's not many people who could make me enjoy any type of seven-on-seven game because it's just recess, Sure, mm-hmm. I would pick Steve Sarkeesian to be that guy because some of the stuff he would call would be amazing. I love it. Ish is currently done. <laughs> <laughs> That's all seven on seven is. While Ish, while Ish is laughing, let's take to the first Craven's Corner, which is, which is a rant That's on our newest segment, seven. by the way. Uh, it's going to be Craven's Corner. So if you've got or any it, ideas for that, like let us know. It's like me being an old man on a hill. And mine is seven on seven is just recess. That's all it is. Like if you go to Duncanville Middle School right now, fifth period, and walk outside, you can You're watch seeing- seven on seven. 
and it's going to be better than 90% of the people that make it to College Station because they're like t- from towns with that, 150 people. In that's it. also a hot take, right? too. So we don't have to pretend to like six man <laughs> football oh, here. Oh, God. Or seven anyway, on seven. Like, anyway, I'm moving on to that. That's where you pull the ripcord on that. Y'all gave me a live mic. We did give you a live we did, mic. We did. I with warned the- everybody. <laughs> First mistake number one, honestly. Everybody, when this, anyway. when this idea was presented to me, I went to everybody. I got to pick a like, coach, Chris. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Reeling it back in here. Oh, God. All right. So, on that line of thinking, and with another wrestling reference, I'm picking the Orange Cassidy of Texas coaches. Picking Jake Spavitol. Homer. (laughs) Damn right it's Homer. (laughs) (laughs) Look, what's seven on seven about? It's about getting a couple yards here and there, getting your first down, right? Inching your way down the field, right? For all of people's complaints about Jake Spavitol, it's a man that loves short routes, loves tunnel screens. Loves the way to maneuver his way down the field very meticulously. Yeah, I will. Somebody who's calm, right? Seven on seven can get a little frantic when you're That's starting true. to realize you got 30 seconds to score a touchdown and try to get a pick or whatever. It's calm. Yeah, still calls good. his own plays. Still calls his own plays. It's all good, baby. See, that's the thing you got to think about with seven on seven too. Yeah. Like you need to have people who can really perform under pressure, like more than probably anything else, because it is such a quick game. You yeah. know, so. You may and go ahead and round it. it. Like he's the air raid guy. Right. You know, so exactly. Like he's been exactly. seven on seven his whole life. Right. Speaking of another air raid guy, I chose to round it all out as my coach, Dana Holgerson of Houston. Pretty That's obvious pick. pick. Yeah. Complete air raid guy mindset. He's going to throw the ball all over the field. Love it. Yeah. Return That's into his dude. roots. Because he told me he got kicked out of the air raid because he runs the ball too much. Seven <laughs> on seven, you won't have to worry about that. I was about to say, yeah. He gets to be, be himself. The Kevin yeah. Cobb version of Dana Holgerson. I'm down for that. So um, before we go ahead and go, I can just throw up these graphics sure, real quick yeah. of our teams. We'll um, put these up on social. We're gonna too. put these up on social as well, so you can currently? go and yes, okay. we're, uh, we'll put a poll up there too. You can go and vote to see whose team is the best or whose team, better yet, whose team would win. Yeah, seven on seven. Who's who team would, if these we'll do a round off, robin right. kind of thing. Yeah, and so who, whose team would win it all? So we'll sure. first go with mine. We got Tanner Mordecai at quarterback, Taj Brooks running back, Xavier Worthy at wide receiver, the North Texas offensive line, the Baylor defensive line, D. Winters of TCU, Antonio Johnson of A&M, and Dana Holgerson of Houston. I think you have the best defense. Oh, for sure. I think yeah, so, too. I, think I was so going to say that. That's I think impressive. we got rounded out. And Ishmael's. You got Frank Harris at quarterback, Devon A-Chain at running back, Nathaniel Dell at wide receiver. The Texas A&M offensive line, the UTEP defensive line, Katie Davis, linebacker, Travius Hodges-Tomlinson at uh, defensive back, and Jake Spavadol for coach. Sorry, we I got, got the most track meet? Yes. I'm sorry. I got the most fun offense. Yeah. I'm, I'm you do. So, I'm you really right got a fun. I got the most That's going to be a quick, quick yes. game if you got Easily. that offense. Oh, my God. Yes. That's a lot of speed. Yeah. That's a lot of speed. And round it out, we got Craven's team. Got Clayton Toon at quarterback. It's a lot of burnt orange. A lot of burnt orange, on, lot there, of burnt orange on there. <laughs> Bijan Run- Robinson at running back. Quentin Johnson at wide receiver. Baylor offensive line. SMU defensive line. Demar- uh, Demarvion Overshone at linebacker. Rashad Wisdom at defensive back. And Steve Sarkeesian at coach. So, yeah, once again, we're going to put those up. That is a lot of Longhorns. Once again, we're going to put those up on Twitter, and you guys can vote That's on a, whose team. We're going to win the first half. Victorious. <laughs> Yeah. That's very true. We're gonna be up. We're gonna be up going in halftime. Yep. Whatever um, happens after that, that's up to you. Because you don't got, know. You got Steve Sarkeesian, your head we'll coach, see. buddy. So we'll, we'll see about that. That's a team that uh, by November 
everybody's like, why isn't the other quarterback starting? Right. Why isn't why is right. why is Steve Sarkeesian still calling plays? Why is our defense still giving? Anyway, I can go on for be like Clayton Toon's thumb is like eight si- times the size. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So uh, before we get into our interview, let me let me remind you guys of some things. Uh, we published our cover stories on textfilba.com. Uh, if you listen to this episode after we did the cover reveal, you heard me and Mike Craven really stressing out about not, nobody being able to hear uh, read our cover stories and how nerve-wracking that is. So we fixed that. We just put it out anyway <laughs> for subscribers. Uh, if you are a subscriber at techsoulbull.com, you can go read. We just published Craven's main feature uh, on Monday. We're recording this on Tuesday, so uh, yesterday but this went out. My cover story over South Oak Cliff and kind of inner city football making a resurgence uh, is up as well. And by the way, I know everybody's been, we've harped on the, the paper supply issue, right, as far as like delaying the, the retail magazine. I will say, if you subscribed by last week, check your mail over the next week if you subscribe in the coming week or so check your mail over the next coming weeks right we made sure to prioritize subscribers when it came to that consider that a little extra incentive if you if you're on the fence about becoming a subscriber anyway let us finish let's continue our interview series where we talk to beat writers around the state with carlos silva the lubbock avalanche journal carlos how you doing buddy Finding you all. Appreciate you having me on the live show. Yeah, for sure, man. This is, of course, we 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 decided to do Texas Tech. We're like, look, there's one guy that I had in mind for this, and of course, and of course, it's Don Williams. <laughs> we couldn't get Don Williams. He didn't so toss like, back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but no. Uh, how how you doing over there, buddy? How's Lubbock? Doing fine, man. Just uh, getting used to the heat, as I'm sure the rest of Texas is. But uh, the uh, windy days are kind of nice. It's just it feels like an oven on some of those windy days. So, yeah, I bet. you know, just getting used to the old summer days. Yeah. Uh, for, first question I kind of want to go with, you know, um, Joey McGuire, obviously hired as Texas head coach, hit the ground running when it came to recruiting. I believe they're still sitting at technically number two in, in 247's rankings. So obviously there's still a whole season to play and we'll, those rankings will kind of shake out once teams like Bama and things get going. But I think it says something how quickly – he's been to ingratiate himself into that recruiting market around the state. I think it was something that people looked at when they hired Joey McGuire saying, this is something that could be uh, possible. What have you seen as what he's kind of selling for Texas tech? Because this is a team that, you know, struggled to get to a bowl, fired their coach, even though they got to a bowl. Right. And it was kind of a weird situation for the past couple of years. What's he done to kind of sell this program and what it could be heading into the fall? Well, I think that the most important thing, you know, and you guys kind of touched on it on, on the cover piece, it's just that not only do you have Texas Tech coming into your high school, but a lot of coaches, especially in the area in Lubbock, have talked about you also have Joey McGuire, the man, coming in. And I think that's really what he's selling is the brand, as he likes to call it, is he wants this West Texas tough type of team. And it started with Sonny Cumbie last year getting that uh, oil rig uh, going onto the sideline. So he's really built on that. And then not only when you have that, but when you get talented players and, you know, that's what they're trying to do right now, it's going to turn into something that could be special. And I think in, in the general sense, that's what he's selling is if you're able to play hard and you develop yourself over the, over the you know, the course of your um, time here at Texas Tech. And not only that, but then the, the transfer portal is also helping things a little bit when you look at, you know, you don't necessarily have to wait those typical three, you know, two to three years to develop a guy on the football on on the football team you can get a guy that's already you know been developed or been in a weight room at a power five program or you know in uh, georgia or uh, alabama for instance when you have a Chadarius townsend here 
at Texas Tech. And I think that's really what he's doing is he figured out what he needed to kind of work on, as you guys kind of saw with the recruiting uh, rankings and just kind of looking at what they've been recruiting. Defensive line, offensive line were certainly uh, some big things. Recently, they just added another defensive back, so the secondary was certainly something that they were looking to to fill in. But I think just overall, just selling himself and the program and just that there's a, a new turn here. And the fact that they won a bowl game last year certainly helps as well. You know, my question's a, a quarterback-related question. I, I think one of the biggest tricks he pulled so far, and not only is this recruiting class and the transfers he's brought in, but but keeping all three of those quarterbacks on campus. If I, you know, if I made you put your, you know, June paycheck on the line, uh, who are you picking to, you know, take the first snap for Texas Tech in, in this season? And would that still be the same choice if I asked you who do you think takes the most snaps at quarterback for Texas Tech this season? I think it might be a different answer in terms of snaps, but in terms of who's starting, I would be shocked if it's not Tyler Shuck. Uh, he obviously transferred here to get playing time, didn't pan out the way he wanted to last year. If he would have stayed healthy, depending on who you were reading or the draft grades you were looking at, he could have been a first-round pick last year to, the, with the way he was throwing and the way that people were looking at him and his prototypical you know, quarterback, 6'5", 225 frame. But that didn't work out, so he's – looking to run it back. And the one good thing about uh, Joey McGuire that kind of worked out last year when he saw Henry Columbia at the time when he was kind of, you know, showing his uh, dual threat athletic ability, you've got that with the Donovan Smith and a Barry Morton can be a nice change of pace type guy. But the, the one thing that you have to like about Joey McGuire, and again, it just goes back to the person that he is. I'm sure that, that there are some other conversations that we're not, you know, privy to, but, you, you have a lot of opportunity at Texas Tech, and Tyler Shuck is certainly going to be the first one to take a crack at it just based on his experience, uh, the ability to learn the playbook so quickly, the fact that he's been able to focus on football because of uh, the way he's done his academics and being able to get a master's degree, so he's able to focus more on football. But then you look at Donovan Smith. He's a proven quarterback that was the offensive MVP last year at the Liberty Bowl, so you certainly have a pretty good a backup quarterback in that sense. And then another reserve in Baron Morton, who's one of your top rated quarterbacks. They're all red Raiders as Joey McGuire's like to say. And I think uh, at least for right now, as you guys said, we'll see how things pan out during the season. But right now everything's at least golden uh, in terms of what uh, Joey McGuire has been able to do once he did get the job last year. I find the the prospects of the 2022 Texas Tech offense to be really fascinating. Like we think of Texas Tech as this pass happy team. Zach Kitley as his last two stops throws the ball all around. But then you look at the roster, and I, I think I could argue that the running back room is is the strength of that offense. The offensive line gets five new transfers. At least two or three of those guys are going to start and really retool that group. Where do you think that this offense falls in terms of like? run pass dynamic do we see it kind of be more of like what we've seen from kitley the last few years or like you mentioned mcguire kind of wanted to have that west texas tough team do we kind of see a little bit more run from him than maybe we've seen you know at western kentucky or houston baptist i hate to be this guy but i think it all depends on the game plan and the team that they're playing but i certainly do feel like there's going to be a lot more of the emphasis to run the ball, to milk the clock, especially at the end of games, or if you're trying to, you know, give your defense a rest after a really long offensive drive uh, previously when they're, you know, going up against an offense that could be, you know, grinding out type team. But uh, I, I do agree with you guys. You look at Sir Roger Thompson, Todd Brooks, Cameron Valdez, they've got a lot of, they, they've got a lot of talent there, but they certainly have a lot of talent at the wide receiver position. It's just, it's one of those unproven rooms. You look at the, the, the players that, 
aren't there anymore. Eric Isukanma, the main one, who's now with the Miami Dolphins. And after that, you look at, well, you got Miles Price, you got Jerron Bradley, who showed some sparks during the Liberty Bowl game against Mississippi State. And then, you know, J.J. Sparkman, just a lot of unproven guys. But the one thing that Joey McGuire said during the spring is there's a lot of t- a chance to prove yourself. And certainly Jerron Bradley has been that guy that's really done that during the spring. It's uh, Loic Fungie and some other guys have been, you know, he- uh, healing their injuries, pardon me. Yeah, Miles Price may catch over 100 balls. Like, when I went there for the magazine stuff, I, like, said the name Zach Kitley. I didn't even finish it, and he was, like, smiling. You know, like, so I know the wide receivers are really excited to play in that new offense. To, to move over to the defensive side of the ball, like, how realistic is it to expect Tim DeRuiter to make a kind of a big change with this group in, in year one, or is this kind of more of a long-term project than maybe the offense is? I certainly think it's a long-term project just in terms of getting the type of players you want to get. But in terms of what they want to do, you look at what they do on the on the Twitter machine, the hashtag take three. They're looking to get three takeaways during a game. And according to Joey McGuire when he was talking about it after the spring game, if you're a plus three in turnovers in a game, you're going to win 93% of your games now. Again, there's a lot of stats that happen, but certainly when you look at something like that, that just goes to show the type of emphasis that – Joey McGuire wants to do, which is something Keith Patterson, the previous defensive coordinator, was trying to do. The more turnovers you you get, the more chances your, uh, in theory, prolific offense, you know, has a chance to score. And, and uh, unfortunately, last year, just the offense wasn't able to kind of get going. And if you're able to get it going this year, things could change and there could be some upsets. And I think that's what really has fans really kind of, you know, a little bit excited for this team as they saw what could have been when they did beat uh, Mississippi State in the Liberty Bowl. But Again, you just have to continue that that momentum, and certainly if they're able to do that on the defensive end by getting some of these bigger defensive linemen that can plug up holes, that can help the linebackers, you know, move freely, get, get those tackles, and you're able to get some of these defensive backs that are a little bit more physical, you know, at the point of attack. I think that's certainly going to be uh, a a huge uh, positive result for the Texas Tech Red Raiders if they're able to, you know, turn turn things around in terms of getting some turnovers on the defensive end. Yeah, it feels like McGuire and Texas Tech are in this obvious honeymoon stage. You know, he's on the Dave Campbell's cover. He he's only getting good publicity. Everybody seems to love him. The the you know resources are going up. People are donating money. How long does that last? Right? Like, is it one year? Is it two years? Like, how long? I know Texas Tech has kind of gone through a couple coaches lately. You know, one of them, you know, Cliff Kingsbury being kind of their own guy. You know, Matt Wells never really seemed to like really ingratiate himself with the fan base. Like, how long does this kind of feel good stage last? Like, does he need to win right away, or is there an understanding that you know this may take a little bit longer than just you know one season? I mean, I may be in the minority here, but I think the fact that you've got the transfer portal helps you be successful a lot quicker than you would normally think to have those three to five year, you know, recruiting plans. Now, again, he signed a long term deal. So I think just the administration feels like they're going to give him some time to get things straightened out. And I think just looking at the schedule, which I'm sure you all have, you know, kind of talked about for a little bit, but it's a, it's a pretty difficult schedule when you look at who they got to play oh, yeah. at North Carolina State. Uh, Murray State, you've got to you know host Houston. It's going to be a very difficult schedule, especially in the Big 12 Conference. And uh, I, I think there's a lot of realistic uh, fans now where they kind of realize, okay, you know what, we've got the guy that we wanted, which again goes back to your question. And in terms of Matt Wells not being the guy that they wanted initially when it was reported Dana Holgerson wasn't talked to uh, during his hiring process. So the fact that the fans got who they wanted and Joey McGuire, I think that gives them that extra year or two, which I would say he's got at least two to three years 
here at Texas Tech, especially again, like I said, with that transfer portal, you're able to find and uh, you know plug in some successful players or some some uh, key pieces that you feel could be the thing that could take you to that next step or that next level, if you will, uh, for the offense or the defense. And I think uh, if you get those two to three years, and if you're able to get a couple wins or even get a winning record or a bowl win, who knows what could happen on the recruiting trails, especially like you guys just alluded to at the start of this. It's just all that momentum's huge. It's just can you can it, can you continue that? Because if you are, the uh, the the team could be really really good down down in the future when you kind of look at what what they've been able to do on the recruiting on the recruiting rounds. And then lastly, for me, you know, with this new look Big 12, Texas and Oklahoma leaving the conference, is there kind of like this renewed feeling of like this conference is wide open and it's up for the grabs for us to go take? You know, it, it, can you sense that around the program? Because it feels like I can sense that around the state at these Big 12 programs that are staying behind. Well, I think you certainly look at that. You look at Oklahoma State and heck, even if you look at Houston and some of the incoming teams, the UCF or a BYU, they, they all feel like who's going to be the two that, are going to be the top tier teams once this new Big 12 does come to fruition. And I think Texas Tech is certainly in a position to do that. You guys already talked about all the donations that have been happening, obviously all the uh, new athletic uh, facilities that are being uh, planned to, you know, help out football. Baseball just started there. So I think there's a lot of positive momentum in that sense. And I think, again, and I think it, it, it goes without saying, but the wins are going to help a lot, uh, not the losses, so to speak. But if you get your winning going and the football team starts going you can see that the, you can just uh, surmise that this athletic program is going to be very very good in the future all righty appreciate your time carlos man uh you know we'll be paying attention to what you and don are doing over there in lubbock because obviously joey mcgar is one of the biggest uh, uh hires in the state and texas tech is kind of one of the biggest storylines we've kept our eye on obviously with the magazine and also uh, we appreciate your time man no appreciate you all and uh, good luck on the line Thank you. Thank you very much. That was Carlos Silva. You can follow him at SCM Silva Jr. on Twitter. Um, like I said, there's not many more people uh, more plugged in than he and Don Williams over there uh, in For Lubbock. Sure. So uh, after that, so after these talks, we usually talk a little bit about the, the program, the program itself. and kind of going off of what Carlos said, uh, Craven, you mentioned kind of the honeymoon phase, right? And how he kind of hits at the tree he thinks the transfer portal kind of gives him i want to say like less room to like i guess less excuse to like maybe bottom out right per se that's probably the wrong word to use or phrase to use but do you kind of agree with that or how, how do you feel because i know we've kind of gone back and forth on like what to exactly expect from tech this year on the field i think the transfer portal has evened out the playing field like i, I feel like it's the runway's gotten shorter and shorter and shorter right. throughout our lifetime like you used to get three or four years mm -hmm. and now you get like one year before people start complaining about you right like right. sarkeesian's I was, I was just not on Sarkeesian. the hot seat right but like alabama beats texas 50 to 3 on september 10th and he absolutely is yeah. so like right. i think mcguire gets more you know leeway than that uh, but I think Carlos's point is correct. Like, you don't have to wait three years to develop an offensive line anymore. Like, mm -hmm. he just went and got five guys. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and like when I was out there in the magazine, you know how McGuire is. Like, he doesn't lie to you, right? right. Like, he doesn't, he hadn't been a college head coach long enough to know to lie to you. He's like, listen, we got to find five of them here. Like, we got enough <laughs> dudes now right, right. to find the offensive line. So I, I do think, like, in years past, you would get a head coaching job, you would look at your roster, and you go, man. 
linebackers just not good yeah. or offensive lines just not good or whatever position it may be and you have to wait two or three years to really get it fixed to the way you want it that's not true anymore like now you can go to the transfer portal and make instant fixes offensive line defensive line probably the biggest areas of need for texas tech with the transfer portal you can go get grown men mm-hmm. who are ready to step in and play right away i do think that helps but at texas tech you need two years yeah, like I, I think so. I, I'm not going to really start grading Joey McGuire, the football coach, until 2024. That's right. just me personally because well, it still takes a little bit of time to shift cultures. Yeah, because I was looking at, I mean, obviously look at their schedule, right? We've talked about the Carlos mentioned some of the, even the non-conference games, right? Murray State's not a pushover in FBS, right? That's going to be an interesting. On paper, obviously Tech should roll them, right? They're about, they were about 500 last year, but in 2020, mm-hmm. they're one of the better teams in FBS, SCS, I should say. I believe they beat number 16 Southeast Missouri. They uh, lost by just two scores to number 12 Jacksonville State. Like they're a formidable FCS program. So even their quote unquote money game, easy game, is still a team that you've got to at least get up out of bed for, mm-hmm. right? Um, that doesn't even include obviously Houston, NC State, and then you get Texas in your Big 12 opener, right? And then all of a sudden, that's you know, we, we kind of mentioned Houston and Tech last year as like the narrative game. Texas is going to have something potentially at that point to play for to really show because that, that, that'll be post-Bama for them. That'll be an interesting spot for where they are. And it doesn't get easier, right? Kansas State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Baylor, TCU, Kansas, Iowa State, Oklahoma. Like, there's I don't no think, rest stops in there. I don't think NC State's a cakewalk either. No, no, it's a great linebacker. I was about to yeah. say, yeah, they're, they're probably the favorites to win the ACC, like, uh, on, at least heading into According to Dave Campbell's Texas football. There yeah. There you go. Hey, there you go man. <laughs> Spoiler. There you go. <laughs> for, for the, exactly. For Spoiler. people that are still waiting, because, you know, it's, it's And delayed. just, just but, waiting to buy the magazine for our for NC State. <laughs> To see what Mike Craven <laughs> said about us. back? I think Michigan State's in there too, actually. Yeah, yeah. I may have there's sneaked one, that There's one NC in State there. fan in the state going, finally! <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Wolfpack, baby. Um, but no, like I, I agree. Like The transfer portal does give him that that avenue, right? That little cheat code, right? Like It does for everybody, I think. But there is a honeymoon phase that's going to fade a little bit, right? Oh, like yeah. there's, it's Eventually, you got to play football, right? If, if things ended now... Texas Tech would have the number two recruiting class in the nation. Joey McGuire's king of Lubbock, and he gets a lifetime contract, and you're good to go, right? And everybody has a happy story. But the minute they probably lose to Houston, <laughs> right? Like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, what happened? That game's fascinating. That game's very fascinating, especially because, again, we were considering last year, oh, the loser of that game's getting fired, right? Like we just kind of thought, yeah. like it's like we just assumed yeah. that that's Which how, that was how little go. we know. Right? No, exactly. Because the loser right? of that game now has a lifetime contract, basically. And the winner Houston, got fired. The winner got fired. <laughs> I know. College so, football's crazy. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, that'll be that will be fascinating. But I do think a lot of people in Lubbock understand the 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 uh, the kind of the time period on that. Yep. Uh, Mallory, do we got any others that we should talk about? Or I think we're good. Okay. Cool. We. we That'll we we talked through yeah. Texas Tech, so we did. We there did you talk go. Through There's Texas your preview. Tech, so there's 2022 your preview. season preview. Over or under, yeah. Six Ooh, wins. good one. Yeah, Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I think I'm even. Yeah. Right. I think even six is and the six, six is I think a good. Even's the, I think if I had to pick one though, it's more likely they go five and seven than seven and five with that with that schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. They're going to yeah. have to beat Houston mm-hmm. or Texas. Like they're going to have to there's pull. A, there's they're going to have to win a big. Big, they're going to have to pull an upset at some when point. When I was doing the magazine, I was like, man, how do I get them to six wins? You right. know, because it's like, I don't – five? Like five right. and seven? Right, because like, 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 you put the coach on the cover. Because they're a better like, team than that. Sure. Like, they're a better team this year than they were last year, and I think it's not only possible but maybe even likely that they 
don't go to a bowl game this year. Sure. Despite having their coach in place rather than last year where they fired yeah. their coach in the middle of the season. Like, that's just how hard that schedule is this They've year. just got a tough path, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I mm, – I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and we'll, we'll say, gonna six say six and six. six. I'm going to say, say six Murray six. State, Kansas State, West Virginia, TCU, Kansas, Iowa State. Yeah, so TCU. I th- that's that, I think that's, TCU's yeah. that, that bridge game, right? Yeah, where it's I'm like gonna say five, they hit, five wins we can get too easy. I'm going to say they go into November hot. And then that Oklahoma game obviously is what it is, but I think that they get a three-game win streak with TCU, Kansas, Iowa State, and I think that'll be. I think te- Houston, yeah. Texas, TCU, yes, are kind of those make-or-break games for Texas Tech because mm-hmm. like they get Texas at a good time. Sure. Like, let's, I mean, unless Texas somehow upsets Tech, you know, I was about to say I'll see what te- what what Texas's uh, game before and after that is, but but like the, you know they're kind of sandwiched between Alabama and OU, I mm-hmm. believe, off the top of my head. Um, they're after, so it's after UTSA, and then before West Virginia. So right, that's a good place to be. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. so and then that TCU game is an important one. Like they've got to come up with the sixth win somewhere. Sure. And right. So it's it's going to be interesting, but like I do think this year's a free year. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they go five and seven, I think this year's a free year. It's how they play, yeah. not necessarily what their record is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So with that being said, uh, I guess that'll do it for our first live show. It did. Yeah. A uh, little hint towards next week, we'll be uh, doing UTSA. Yes. So yes. Uh, we've given hints. Meep, meep. There you go. So <laughs> as, if, as if Craven couldn't give more homerish. Um, <laughs> I know. Picking Texas players now saying meep, meep, unsolicited. Um, anyway, <laughs> so we'll be talking <laughs> with a UTSA writer, and we'll be uh, doing that next week. And let me see. I'm trying to think. Uh, subscribe everywhere, you know, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you've tuned into the live stream, right? Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. What else are we on? What's another? Uh, Twitch. What's another streaming thing? Twitch. Twitch. Twitch is another one. Uh, Tell who turned 30 this year. (laughs) (laughs) What's the other one? We have some shots fired on here. I don't know what I did. Twitch. I don't know what I did here. Switch. I I have a Twitch account. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I don't know what I did. It's like old in here. I don't know what I did. (laughs) Anyway. Um, oh, man, I know that was a shot at me, but that was pretty good. No, that, I, don't, I don't agree I'm with that. My, my um, I'm trying to close the show out, if you can't <laughs> tell. Um, as a reminder, though, in closing, for Mike Craven and Mallory Hartley, I'm Mishmo Johnson. But as a reminder, we have interviewed 11 of the 12 FBS coaches in the state of Texas. 11 of the 12. Jimbo Fisher, give us a call back. Come join our Talk podcast. to you guys next week. Peace. Peace.